Hello and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast with Bet Bright. Football, is it coming home? Who knows, England are into the quarterfinals against Sweden. It's a crunch game on Saturday and England have got their biggest game since 2006. I'm here with Jack Rathbourne, my name's Liam Prendival. We're going to look ahead to England's game on Saturday, look back at the two quarterfinals that have just gone as the World Cup really starts heating up. Jack, we're going to start Brazil-Belgium. What a quarterfinal it was and the result that many people didn't expect. Yeah, absolutely. It was a tremendous game. I think uh, it was a bit of a shock to, to most. I think everyone assumed that Neymar and Brazil would, would turn it on and get to the semi-final, but wasn't to be. Roberto Martinez producing a tactical masterclass. Romelu Lukaku out on the right. Kevin De Bruyne through the middle and Eden Hazard on the left. It was just too much for Brazil for about a half, maybe an hour. Uh, that's where they did all the damage. It was uh, an own goal from Fernandinho and then uh, a sensational strike from De Bruyne. It was, it was just about enough. Um, obviously, Brazil got back into the game um, through Renato Augusto, uh, Coutinho's lovely ball, and then there was a series of missed chances. Augusto, Coutinho, even Neymar. Um, but it just wasn't meant to be in Belgium in the semi-final against France. It's almost a coming of age for this Belgium team, isn't it? You know, Euro 2016, they obviously lost to Wales in the quarter-final. Everyone's sort of been tipping them to go far in these competitions and they haven't. They're into the semi-finals now. Do you think that this is their golden chance to win it? Yeah, absolutely. I think Roberto Martinez, he, he seemed to believe so in the uh, the post-match interview last night. He just senses a real special group and Premier League fans will know how special this group is. Um, we've seen Kevin De Bruyne, Hazard, uh, Lukaku. The, these are absolutely enormous players for the sides in England and it's just about producing on the big stage. And I think probably in the last round when they had a bit of a scare, um, I just think that was needed, I think, in a similar way to England um, in the penalty shootout. That spurned Belgium on and I think they're, they're reaping the rewards of that. This is a really close group, which hasn't always been the case with that team. And what about Brazil now? Because obviously they were beaten in the semi-finals uh, in 2014, obviously by Germany. Not quite the same kind of defeat this time around, but it's another tournament where they've not managed to go all the way. Where do they go from this now? I mean, a lot of people thought that this team, they were favourites for the tournament, of course, and a lot of people thought they would go on to win it. What do they do now to progress and to build going into four years' time? Well, I think it's not a disaster for Brazil. I think Cheech has, uh, has done a pretty good job. I think everyone um, must admit that before today, uh, last night, I think uh, you would would have assumed that Brazil would have gone on to win the tournament if you had to pick one team. Uh, it's not all a disaster. Neymar was maybe not his best for this tournament, perhaps due to a lack of ma- match practice. Obviously, the injury towards the end of last season with PSG was an issue. But um, there's the, the, the fundamentals of a really good side there. Don't forget uh, Casemiro was injured. Uh, or suspended, sorry, um, that was a massive loss and uh, Fernandinho a significant downgrade there. So um, there are building blocks there. Obviously, there's going to be some really good young players coming through in the next few years with Brazil. Um, Vinicius and uh, Rodrigo, two very, very um, talented players that are going to be probably playing for Real Madrid in the next few years. So um, exciting times ahead, but just wasn't quite their year. And um, I think they'll just lick their wounds and I think... There's no need to panic. Uh, Cheech has uh, proven himself to be a, a pretty sound manager at this level and I think they'll go on and uh, compete for trophies in the next few years. So Belgium are into the semi-finals and they will play France. It's going to be an excellent game next Tuesday. I can't wait for it. France took on Uruguay in the other quarter-final on Friday. They weren't at their best. You know, They were very good against Argentina, of course, in the last 16. Not quite at that level against Uruguay, but they're into the semi-finals and they've got another gear to go, surely. 
Yeah, I think this is the most talented squad we've seen at, at Russia. But have they put it all together in one game? Not for me, no, I don't. I'm... Exactly. I mean, well, Argentina, it was an impressive attacking display, but Argentina have so many flaws and course, uh, it's yeah. hard to to really assume that that was the, the best we could see from France. Um, Uruguay, obviously hindered by the, the absence of Ensign Cavani. I think it was, again, it was a maybe a flawed victory. They weren't at their best, but... They've got they've got all the pieces to do this whilst not playing at their best. So can you begrudge them the success? I don't I don't think so. They they're not going to be complaining if they're in the final um, next weekend. So I think uh, Deschamps he's got his detractors and they're not playing perhaps the most beautiful football despite having outstanding talent right through the the bench. But um, they they got the job done and I think in, in Mbappe, Griezmann, uh, Pogba they've got match winners and. I think they will rightly be favourites against Belgium, but ever so slightly, you've um, you've got an equivalently uh, talented side um, in Belgium, so it's going to be exciting one to watch. You mentioned Mbappe there, obviously he was outstanding against Argentina, wasn't he? Scored a couple, won the penalty as well. Not quite at his best against Uruguay, uh, struggled particularly in the first half. Grew frustrated in the second half, where we saw a bit of play acting, uh, some theatrics from him. He is being tipped to win the Golden Ball. Um, and obviously if France win the tournament you would expect him to do so what does he need to do now to progress to that next level I know a lot of people have been comparing him to Messi and Ronaldo already how far is he away and what does he need to do well I think it's a bit of composure really because he's not always going to have like great stretches of the pitch like he did against Argentina to expose teams that's his his main asset the pace and the, the directness but Uruguay are a wily team, and even without Cavani, they're, they're not stupid. They're going to be defending properly. They're going to be uh, dropping deep, denying him that space. So he needs to develop a side of his game where he can work in perhaps 10 to 15 yards of room rather than 20, 30 yards where he can like knock it past players and um, and, out, and outrun them. I think against Belgium, that is going to be key. Can can he work in those tight areas? Can he combine with Griezmann and Giroud? Giroud certainly is somebody that can help him. He can... Uh, you can knock it up to him, you can give it back to him. And I think just because he's not sprinting against you over 30 metres, Mbappe's pace will, is enough over 10. So if he can just sort of keep his composure and uh, let the process unfold, I think he can still be a, a big player against uh, a side like Belgium. And as for Uruguay, obviously it's another disappointing exit for them. They've done well again. You know, they always seem to do it in these major tournaments where they progress to the latter stages. Do you think the absence of Edison Cavani, obviously... Uruguay were hoping he was going to fit. I think we all hoped he was going to be fit after how well he played against Portugal. Did their hopes go up in smoke when we saw the team sheet and he wasn't in it? Yeah, I think so. I think Stuani is a is a huge downgrade uh, on Cavani. I think everyone would accept that. It, it's it's bitterly disappointing for Uruguay because obviously Cavani and Suarez are two biggest players. It it's probably going to be their last World Cup or certainly their last World Cup at, at their absolute peaks, which is is frightening over the last three, four, five years. Uh, Tavares as well, he's, he's already confirmed that he, he's out now. So it's, it's going to be the end, it's the end of an era. I mean, Godin, he'll maybe soldier on for a, another Copper America, but again, he's probably going to be as, uh, he's going to be on the way out and likely won't play at the next World Cup. So, But there are, there's good talent there. You, um, Tavares certainly has, has done his um, successor a lot of good in terms of bringing in Jimenez, um, I think you look at Laxalt and um, Torreira, Nand- of course, as well, who Torreira, is yeah. on his way to Arsenal, we believe. He's done very well, hasn't he? Exactly, yeah. He, he didn't even start the tournament, but he was brought in and uh, certainly proven himself. Um, Vecino, Inter and uh, Benton Kerr at Juventus. So 
just because Cavani and Suarez aren't aren't going to be there maybe in the next World Cup, they've got plenty of good young talent and maybe it's going to be more of a collective effort in the, the next few years um, where they, they maybe don't have one or two key match winners. But it's going to have to be uh, shared out. But for a country so small, they've obviously overperformed, um, certainly at least in this tournament, and um, they should be very proud of themselves. They should. So obviously we're going to the semi-final now with France and Belgium, the first booked semi-final, if you like. Uh, Bet Bright at the moment have France as the favourites now to go in and win the World Cup. They're priced at two to one. You can get Belgium at five to two. If you were a betting man, where would your money be going? I mean, at the moment, I think you're going to look at Belgium for me because while France have arguably most talent, I think Belgium have got something that maybe you can't buy, and that's a belief. Um, you saw the scenes um, from last night when they defeated Brazil. It was just. Pure jub- jubilation. This is a side that had been criticised for not being together, for sort of having factions in the, in the squad and um, not always getting on and preferring to play club football. Last night it was it was a totally different story. I think De Bruyne and I mean the passion, Lukaku jumping around, and um, I think Azar just carrying it out and dribbling and earning a foul. And you, you saw like a celebration, like a goal on the sideline. Martinez is really bound this team together and I think it might be enough to see them home at least to the final I think whilst um, they're going to have to dig in and maybe allow France to control proceedings they've got De Bruyne they've got Hazard and um, certainly Lukaku he might get uh, might get a goal uh, in that game um, certainly if he plays in the same role he, he really relished that sort of space from the right to uh, to counter attack and I think they'll um, certainly um, relish the opportunity to prove themselves again. So one of them will be in the final uh, a week on Sunday. Um, we hope and pray that they will be playing mm-hmm. against England. Yeah. Quarter-final time, Sweden. Is this England's perfect opportunity now to go on and win the World Cup? Yeah, it, it is. There's, there's no doubt about it. You, you can't, can't dispute it, really. I think Gareth Southgate certainly has uh, admitted as much. And I think there's no, there's no harm in admitting so, just because it is the best chance maybe England have ever had it's um it's, it's there for them they've, they've just got to grasp it and while they're expected to to beat Sweden and they probably will be expected to beat Russia or, or Croatia I think or Croatia is certainly a, a more difficult proposition but England now have a talent to expect to compete and have a good chance of, of reaching the final or even beating a side like Belgium or um or France so there, there's nothing to fear in this tournament we've seen so many upsets it's just about delivering and uh Whilst England haven't really like put together a, a total performance, um, and it's certainly concerning that a lot of the goals have come from set pieces, there's more to come from this team, and uh, you would expect that certainly tomorrow that perhaps um, a player will emerge with a, a lovely bit of form. Like Sterling, certainly is he's been good in in spells, but needs to bring that match-winning performance together. And um, if Gareth Southgate can inspire that, then my word, like. Confidence is a big thing in this tournament, and as we've seen, um, we're, get, we're going to get upsets, and they would relish the, the underdog status if they were to get to the final. They would, and obviously, you say confidence is high. Uh, obviously, winning the penalty shootout on Tuesday night is huge. Uh, obviously, it's a hu- hoodoo off England's back. Um, they've managed to get through to the quarterfinals, but do you think playing that extra thirty minutes, the emotional and mental impact of the penalty shootout, do you think it could impact England's performance on Saturday? We've seen. Teams play Champions League football midweek and then struggled when the weekend comes round. Could that impact England's performance in a negative way, perhaps? No, I don't think so. They've, um, 
uh, obviously a lot of England players are quite present on social media and they seem to be in a really relaxed and chilled mood um, and the environment is really good at the moment. I think they're relishing this opportunity and um, it's, it's a real collective effort. Obviously, Harry Kane has scored the, the bulk of the goals, but I think Southgate has instilled the, the role that even the squad players um, have in this team. You've seen uh, Livermore was even over there as a an extra body and um, I, don't, I don't think players would have... Uh, sort of walk through walls for other managers in the past I think Southgate's really got something here and um, it's going to be fascinating to see them deal with the pressure as uh, obviously the Sweden game today but should they progress maybe um, against Croatia and Russia it's um, there's more to come which I think is the thing you look for just because they haven't produced as much quality as maybe Belgium France I think you look at England you say well they've got they've got more levels to bring out their game than uh, perhaps the other side's you said Gareth Southgate, obviously, he's adored at the moment, isn't he? He's sort of like the, the nation's sweetheart, if you like, after the other night. His reaction after the game, I think all England fans love that. We've seen Sven and Capello and even Hodgson to a certain extent where they're not really feeling it like we are, like we are the fans back home. But Southgate, the way he reacted and the way he geared up the crowd after that, I think everyone thought, I'll have a bit of that, won't And going forward, if England don't progress on Saturday, they don't go on and win the World Cup like we all hope they will. The future is bright and Gareth Southgate is going to lead that next generation, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think he's he's proven a lot of people wrong. I think it was a, it was an appointment that was met with a lot of um, maybe sort of uh, a lack of excitement because obviously we hadn't seen Southgate prove it at the top level. But he, he's brought... Um, he's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's brought great ideas. He's not afraid to sort of go with an unorthodox system, perhaps. Um, he's... He's really sort of used uh, players where you maybe wouldn't expect them to. I think Deli Ali is the second deepest midfielder. I think that was bold. Um, just because it was against a weaker size, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that England would have played with such an attacking side in the past. So he, he's playing to the, extra, uh, the strengths and a lot of freedom. And I think whilst it would be bitterly disappointing to lose to Sweden, there's enough there now. They've they bought in these, a lot of young players as well. You'd expect their, a lot of them to hit their peaks maybe in two, maybe in four years. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good left in this England side. And I think the manner of the defeat is probably key for his future. If they produce a real turgid display against Sweden, then questions will be asked, and rightly so. But I think this side is really playing for him. And I think if that's the case again tonight against Sweden, then you have to expect uh, Southgate to continue with some optimism, regardless of whether at what stage of the tournament they exit. And we've been told not to underestimate Sweden. Um, they did. They come for a very tough qualifying group. They obviously beat Italy in the playoffs. They beat Germany. Well, sorry, didn't beat Germany, but finished ahead of Germany in the groups. We can't be underestimating them at all. Obviously, there's no Zlatan. There's no real standout names, but they're a team and they're a very good team. Yeah, absolutely. There's. I mean, it's a real again similar to England. They've really come together at this tournament and uh, inspired a, a bit by by the lack of. Zlatan's presence. I think Grant Viss has uh, taken on that burden and uh, he's leading the defence really well with Lindelof. I think that is a real rock-solid um, partnership at the back. Um, a lack of stars maybe, but you, you've got Forsberg who seems to be slowly entering the, that role as the, the match winner or someone that can conjure something out of nothing. I mean, fortunate in the, the last game um, with the deflection, but I suppose he created the space and got into the position, so you'd have to credit him uh, for that. I think um, Sweden are sort of playing with house money. They've they've got nothing to lose. They're they're real underdogs in this one, but 
let's be honest, they've beaten, um, well, they've sort of competed, shall we say, even with Germany, it was a defeat, but they competed hard against a better team on paper than England. So, you ha- and obviously Mexico as well, they were heavy favourites um, to beat to beat Sweden or to at least get the point to top that group. Sweden sort of reversed the the table. They uh, they absolutely thrashed uh, Mexico. So th- th- this is a team that continues to surprise, and England really can't underestimate them. They've uh, they've certainly got enough to frustrate them and and maybe even cause the upset. Obviously, you say that Sweden are the underdogs. That's how the bookies see it, of course, as well. Betbright, Sweden fifteen to four. Uh, they are fifteen to eight to qualify. Obviously, that is through extra time and penalties if needed. England ten to eleven to win the game in normal time and four to nine to qualify. There's not a lot of value back in England, is there? No, absolutely not. The bookies have sort of uh, safeguarded themselves against uh, Sweden. You'd you'd have to say Sweden are probably the value there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, given um, their their confidence themselves, what how they've competed against uh, sides of maybe a better technical quality uh, than themselves. I'm sure they'd admit as much. Um, so th- they'll be very confident. I think. In terms of uh, the bookies, that they're they're the better value um, than England. And if you want to get involved in the Betbright bundle, um, it's, I think it's pretty tasty to me. Harry Kane to score first, and England to win to nil. So that's one nil, two nil, three, four, five, six, seven, even an eight nil win, eleven to two. Jack, worth a couple of pound. Well, I, th- I think certainly Harry Kane to. Just, it's going to be a low scoring game, isn't it? You, you, England aren't exactly conjuring chances uh, from open play with any great regularity. Is he going to get another penalty? Qu- quite possibly, right, so I think. Enough, hasn't he, yeah, exactly. So, um, and should England get the one, then they are capable of shutting teams out. I think um, Colombia were were ever so close to being shut up themselves, or were not for that last ditch Yerry Mina goal. So, yeah, that's not that's not a bad option, I don't think. And in the other quarter final uh, Croatia take on host nation Russia mm-hmm. Russia went into this tournament and everyone thought they're going to stink the place out they won the two first group games against Egypt and Saudi Arabia and we still weren't sure and then they just produced that monumental display against Spain back to the wall stuff and then won it on a penalty shootout now Croatia have been very good they weren't that great against Denmark but Russia they you can almost see them causing another upset yeah, I think they they'll be maybe confident of doing so. They they're not ashamed of the way they play, and um, nor should they be. I think they they restricted Spain to so little chances. Yeah. I think um, what why change it? Let let Croatia have all the ball. Let them play in front of them, just as um, Spain did, and and see if you can frustrate them and force them into making them making mistakes of their own. I think uh, they've they've got a really like solid side that uh, their nation can be proud of. I think they've got. The real sort of old-fashioned centre forward in uh, uh, Juba, sorry, uh, but they've got talent behind. I think um, Smolov and um, Golovan have, have certainly got ability. So they're going to wait for their moments, and I think they'll fancy their chances of uh, snatching one of those moments to progress to the uh, semi-final. They are the underdogs again. Russia. They will be fifteen to four with Betbright to win the game in normal time. Thirteen to ten to qualify. Croatia six to five in normal time and four to seven to go on and win it uh, to go on and qualify for the semi-finals. Uh, the Betbright bundle on offer for this game based on a couple of cards: Denis Sheryshev and Alexander Golovan, both to be carded at nine to one. Nice little bit of value in there. But we'll be covering that game and of course England versus Sweden on Mirror Football. It promises to be a huge encounter. England's first quarter-final since 2006. 
and we will find out if football is really coming home. Make sure you check out the podcast, make sure you give us a rating and check us out next time.